0: The beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the water from the water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. According to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, "Let there be lights in the vaults of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in numbers and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth." Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all, (coughs) pardon me, all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. That was a decent slab of scripture you had to read there. Well done. Uh, And uh, thank you for your uh, great welcome, everyone, today. Um, As you can see from the screen, um, science is a subject that I've never excelled in. Maybe it's because of my upbringing. My dad was a musician and my mum was a writer So I guess I was always more likely to steer towards more of the left-brain creative subjects rather than science. And I always struggled with science at school because it it never really interested me. In fact, way back uh, when I was at school doing the HSC in year 11 and 12, they had a general science subject uh, for HSC students, and it was for students like me who just didn't get science. And we called it by the unfortunate name of veggie science. So uh, when I saw I was allocated to preach on Genesis 1, uh, I initially felt a little uneasy. Now on top of this, John Dixon has recently visited our churches and delivered a series of messages on exactly the same topic Yes, John Dixon, a true academic who lectures at Sydney University, who has written books on the topic, who's sought after by a whole bunch of churches to speak on this specific passage, a passage that refers to the creation of the universe, a topic that the greatest scientific minds have discussed and debated for centuries. So with my veggie science background, this was the challenge that was ahead of me. But God does have a sense of humour. I have a primary school teaching background, and my last role as a teacher was actually as an ESL teacher to kindergarten students. Now, these children had just started school, and because English uh, was not their first language, I knew I needed to keep it pretty simple. So, guess what my first topic was? The solar system. Okay, well, surely even I could teach a science topic to kindergarten students. Now, the cool thing about uh, this school was that it was a Christian school, which meant I was free to share the Bible uh, and what it said at any time. So, I opened up my Bible and read the very first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Pretty simple. God created the universe. And then the rest of Genesis 1 is a series of tells us what was created, and it wraps up with a quick summary in the first verse of Genesis 2 Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Now, isn't it interesting that it only takes the very first verse of the Bible to already cause disagreement amongst academics and great minds concerning the validity of God's word? Because as far as Genesis 1 goes, Noah's actually arguing about what was created because it's impossible to argue with. It's right there in front of us. What Christians, sceptics and non-believers disagree over is how it was created and who or what caused it. But I believe that when you, we look closely at what was created, it's actually very clear to understand who is the creator. Some of those who question God's existence claim that the universe began when every speck of the universe's energy jammed into a very tiny point. This extremely dense point exploded with unimaginable force, creating matter and propelling it outward to make the billions of galaxies of our vast universe, universe, otherwise known as the Big Bang. Well, where did this energy come from, or from who? Well, good question. Now, I have no problem with the creation of the universe being caused by a Big Bang or something similar. I do have a problem thinking that everything we see around us was caused by a random accident with no forethought or design. We and everything around us were created as part of God's grand design. How do I know? Well, Genesis 1-1 tells me for a start... And secondly, I open my eyes and look around me every single day. So let's go back to my kindergarten ESL class. So here I was with a group of five-year-olds with limited English, looking at me expectantly, hoping to learn about the intricacies of the solar system from me with my very limited science knowledge. Where do I start? Well, planet Earth makes sense. It's where we live. We learned how Earth is the only planet in our solar system known to support life. Now, this is because of two very important things that living creatures need to survive. Lots of oxygen and lots of water. And its distance from the sun also means it's not too hot and it's not too cold for creatures to live on. But that's only because we have an atmosphere. Earth's atmosphere is a huge blanket of gases. It's mainly oxygen and nitrogen, wrapped around the Earth, protecting our planet from the sun's strong rays. At the same time, this atmosphere helps keep the Earth's temperature comfortable for living beings. Not only that, the atmosphere protects us from meteors too. Earth's atmosphere burns up almost all the meteorites and space junk that encounter it. Was it just random luck The Earth was created in this way? And if it, all, if it is all random, well, what about the moon? Because when you think about, about it in the vastness and the magnitude of space, the moon is really close to Earth. Shouldn't the conditions be similar? It's by far our nearest neighbour. But the moon has no atmosphere. What does this mean? Well, it means that it's unprotected from cosmic rays, from meteorites, from solar winds, and it has huge temperature variations. The moon has no liquid water, no life of any kind. Earth is the only planet, only known planet or moon anywhere, not just in our solar system, that has consistent, stable bodies of liquid water on its surface. Earth was not random. God designed and created Earth as the perfect home for humanity, who he created lovingly in his own image. Now, if you still needed some convincing that the universe was not a random accident, what about the amazing way planets orbit around the sun? Now, I'm going to need three volunteers to demonstrate this. This is, a co- this is what the kidney kids do at school. So, we're going to just get our brains into becoming five year olds if we can do that. And we're going to do a little demonstration. Now, I've already chosen three uh, fantastic volunteers. So, Heather, Holly, and Clem, if you mind coming up, they're going to demonstrate the awesomeness of the solar system here. All right, just wait there for a sec. All right, Clem, if you don't mind being the sun, there you go. Now, you've got the easy job. you just got to stand there. Can you just mind maybe start heading over that way and look very imposing and huge? Thank you. Turn around. Awesome. Now, Clem, the sun is absolutely huge. Do you know that you actually take up 99.86% of the solar system's mass just yourself? To actually tell you the truth, there one million Earths can fit inside the sun. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Okay. Now, Heather. You are the earth. Now, what I want you to do in a minute, you're going to have to start walking towards the sun. Not yet, but do you know, actually, the earth moves at 30 metres per second. I'm not expecting you to do that this morning, okay? 30 metres per second. Now, also, I want you to start circling around, but you have to do it in an anti-clockwise direction, okay? Okay. So start walking towards Glenn. Thank you. In an anti-clockwise direction, doing a good job. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. All the way around... Fantastic, coming back to your starting point here, awesome. Okay, not too bad, but I'm not making your job so simple, okay? Because actually there's seasons where uh, the earth is actually at a 23 degree tilt. So do you mind just sort of like tilting that way a little bit? Because that's how we have summer, spring, autumn and winter. So good job, can you just like keep on going and a bit of a tilt, excellent. Tilting, tilting, excellent, come back, come back, come back, come back. Wonderful. OK. Not too bad. One more thing. I forgot to tell you. Guess what? The Earth actually rotates on its own axis every 24 hours. Excellent. OK? That's how come we have day and night. So, so remember, So we're going anti-clockwise, 30 metres per second, 23 degree tilt, and can you spin in an anti-clockwise direction at the same time? Fantastic. The whole way. Anti-clockwise, yep. What? That's it. Doing a great job. 23-degree <laughs> tilt. Excellent. Coming all the way back. Okay. All right, and stop. Fantastic. Now, you've done a great job. Just a little wrist there. But wait. Holly, you're the moon. Now, you've got the tougher job because you have to orbit around the Earth Every 27 days, okay? Anti clockwise again, but you are, you've got to rotate as well, but thankfully it's a lot slower. That's only every 27 days as well. So while Earth rotates every 24 hours, you're much slower every 27 days. So what you're going to do is, while Heather is going anti clockwise, tilting 23 degrees and spinning around anti clockwise, you are going to have to spin around her anti clockwise as well as she's moving along. So how about you come over, over here a little bit, Heather? All right. Let's give it a go. And action. <laughs> Spinning around. Not exactly social distancing, but we're not going to tell anyone here. Fantastic. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Great job. Can we give our volunteers a big round of applause? Well done. Thank you, guys. Keep the put those down there? So as you can see, that was a little chaotic, wasn't it? Okay. Imagine doing that with five-year-olds. Okay, now, there are, while that chao- cha- looks chaotic, thankfully, in God's hands, it's all completely ordered. Do you know there are eight, nine, or 12 planets in our solar system, okay, and uh, depending on, depending on which, uh, what you define a planet as, and they're all orbiting around the sun, and these planets also have a total of 200 moons Orbiting around them at the same time while they're orbiting around the Sun as well. Saturn alone has 82 moons orbiting around it. And it works. Every minute of every hour of every day of every month of every year of every century of every millennium, they just spin in this perfect order every single moment of our existence way before we existed and way after we are going to exist isn't that amazing okay it's mathematically and scientifically mind-blowing i think just the random work just random or the work of a supreme creator and grand designer now we'd never have the time to look at all the different aspects of god's creation just here on earth but I thought I'd just give you a few fun facts that the kinder kids really liked. Okay. Do you, know that how the, do you know the oceans are so vast on Earth that over 90% of them have yet to be examined? While scientists have discovered 226,000 species of sea creatures, the number could be as high as 25 million because it's so, so much is undiscovered. 400,000 plant species have been identified, but 2,000 new discoveries are made every year. 2,000 completely unknown plant species all of a sudden get discovered every year. There are over 1 million species of insects, but scientists estimate that more than 80% are still yet to be identified. Now, my kidney kids were also at the age where they found anything to do with poo hilarious, okay? So here's a couple of their favourite animal poo facts. Okay, now, in very cold weather, the painted turtle breathes through its bottom. And even our very own hairy-nays wombat produces poo that's shaped in a cube. And they also loved any slightly gross facts about the human body. I'm just going to give you two of them. Okay, laid end to end, an adult's blood vessels can stretch up to 100,000 kilometres. That's four times around the equator. And the average person produces enough saliva in their lifetime to fill two swimming pools. You know, gross, hey? <laughs> Everywhere we look, every moment of the, every day, we can see the awesomeness of God's creation, the result of his amazing plan. Everything he created was good. Genesis 1 tells us so. In verse 4, he tells us the light was good. In verse 10, the land and the sea were good. In verse 12, the trees and the vegetation were good. In verse 18, the sun, the moon and the stars were good. In verse 21, all the birds of the air and the creatures of the sea were good. And in verse 25, all the land animals were good. Finally, God created people and he saw the whole of creation before him. His grand design was complete. When he saw all the parts of his design placed together, verse 31 tells us God saw all that he had made and it was very good. I want to share a little-known story that occurred on Apollo 11, the first manned flight to the moon. The lunar module had landed on the moon's surface on July 20, 1969, with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on board. Now, NASA's plan was to give the astronauts several hours of rest time before the planned walk on the moon. Can you imagine what emotions must have been going through the minds of these astronauts? Firstly, for landing on the moon, and then knowing they will be taking the first ever steps on the surface of the moon. And they also had the access to the most incredible view of the vastness of space that any human had ever experienced. How do you react to something like that? Well, Buzz Aldrin, he was a Christian, and he had it all planned. He was going to commune with God. He had received special permission to take bread and wine with him into space, and take Holy Communion. Now, this is the actual bag and the communion cup that Buzz Aldrin used. His church had designed this bag that would hold the bread and the chalice of wine for the first ever space communion. Now, his initial plan was to take communion during the moonwalk, but NASA was fearful of the reaction around the world to such a Christian ritual, so permission was only granted for a private ceremony within the lunar module. So Aldrin reached for the wine and bread that he brought into space. This was the first food ever poured or eaten on the moon. He then read out the Bible passage on the vine and the branches from John 15. Then he poured the wine into the chalice. Now, the gravity on the moon is only one-sixth of that on earth. So when he poured it into the chalice, the wine curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup. So I can imagine that he couldn't have taken too much time. He ate the bread and drank from the cup. And at that moment, where he had the privilege of being placed where no human had ever been before and was able to see what no person had ever seen before, he chose to commune and give praise to the creator of all things. In an interview, Aldrin recalled, I could think of no better way to acknowledge the Apollo 11 experience than by giving thanks to God. There's nothing random or accidental about the natural world around us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When you look around, how can you question this? But sadly, those who question this about the Bible, they feel free to question Everything. So even though Genesis 1 describes a beautiful world that God created so we could share in a perfect relationship with Him, humanity's pride and rebellion kicks in, and we say, I want to live my way, not God's way. And we learn by Genesis chapter 3 that this kind of thinking doesn't work out real well for humanity. Have you actually ever thought the Bible could have been much shorter? that it could have ended after three chapters. Imagine that if your Bible reading program, you could knock it over in one day. Yeah, done that. God could have said, oh, well, I thought it was a really good plan and I was kind of hoping that we could hang out in this really nice place I made, but unfortunately it didn't work out. That's too bad. The end. As a holy and righteous God, he had every right to do that. But thankfully, the Bible is not three chapters long. And the rest of the Bible describes God's plan that overcomes the pride, the rebellion, and outright rejection of humanity towards him. Because while God is a God of judgment, he's also a God of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. He came to earth in human form to pay the price of our rebellion. And he loves us so much that he would rather die for us than live without us. How thankful we should be because that's the same God who reveals his power and glory to us every moment of every day through his amazing creation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are in awe as we witness the magnificence of your creation. We are so blessed to be able to take in your power and glory purely by looking around us each and every day. Thank you that by day we can see the wonders of nature here on earth while by night we are able to experience the vastness of your universe. Help us to never take your amazing gift to us for granted. And while we thank you for the blessings of creation that surround us, more than anything, we are thankful that through your grace and mercy, we can look forward in hope to a new earth, a new heaven, in your glorious presence for eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.